You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am Fantasy. Al Melchior is off today. He is traveling back from Tout Wars, and uh, he'll be here tomorrow. Instead, uh, you can enjoy some updates and some Tout Wars talk with myself today. And my co-host, it's always, it's a rare treat where I get to host with him, and uh, I always enjoy it. Welcome in, George Kurtz. George, how are you today? I'm doing well, Scott. Good to talk to you again. Ten days till opening day, Scott. Ten days. Yes, and uh, if you have only ten days and you want to make sure you get your exclusive edge fantasy baseball package on rotoexperts.com right now, enter FNTSY at checkout for a special discount. Check out our brand-new cheat sheet generator. And uh, let's dive into it uh, right away with some of the latest news before we get into the Tout Wars talk. Uh, we'll start off by noting that uh, Tommy Joseph was claimed off of waivers by the Texas Rangers from the Philadelphia Phillies. It was not too long ago that we were talking as Joseph as the heir apparent for Ryan Howard, but it did not work out. And here, Joseph probably landing uh, in a spot where he's likely a bench player and maybe only a late AL only pick. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, right? Because we know he has power. He goes from one band box in Philadelphia to, uh, I guess we can't call it Texas a band box. We know the ball flies out of there. So can he get a regular job? You know, if he can get regular plate appearances here, the power is going to be legit once again. But we know he's not playing first base. Joey Gallo is going to get that. That pretty much limits him to a DH role here. And does he still need to win a spot, changing leagues? I think, you know, late spot, reserve, little dartboard throw here. I'm on board. Yeah, I guess in an AL only league, I can't see where you we have room for him on a mixed roster. Even when you're down to your 28th player, you, you know, you're looking at my Tout Wars draft, it's not like I wanted Tommy Joseph over any of the guys on my roster. Well, I think uh, five years ago, he'd be a lot more interesting where power was was needed more. Nowadays, we have power. Everybody can hit a launch angle and all this other uh, crap and exit velocity. Uh, everybody's trying to hit home runs now. No one cares about strikeouts. Five years ago, I think we are a lot more interested. Power is easier to find in this, uh, in this day and age in the game. Julio Tehran uh, named the opening day starter for the Braves. There's no shock there. Last year, Tehran with a, with a very disappointing season. 11-13 and 13 with a 4.49 ERA and some of the advanced metrics not too good. The FIP was 4, 4.95. Uh, the the, the uh, strand rate was really kind of low, 73.1%, only 7.22 Ks per nine. That is kind of in line with his career average, but 3.44 walks per nine. Uh, not a whole lot of reason to have confidence in, in Julio Tehran, but you figure he's just a better pitcher than this. Well, I mean, are they, are they at home or away on opening day? If they're away, I might be sort of more interested. He pitched fine when he was away from, uh, the, well, I forget the new uh, SunTrust. So when he was away from SunTrust, he was fine. 3.14 ERA, 1.25 whip, but at home, his ERA was just south of 6, 1.49 whip. I mean, what's going on here? Why could he pitch at home last year? Strange. Usually those splits would be the reversed. So uh, maybe, he rever- maybe he figures out how to pitch at home. I don't know why. Was he feeling pressure at home? Doesn't make much sense to me here. Still, he's a well, that's big hitter's park at home. It's not that big. It's not Colorado where the, you know, I don't know that excuses that. It may not be a pitcher's ballpark like the, the field was, but to explain these uh, these differences, I mean, double your ERA on the road, I'm not sure there's an excuse for that. Bradley Zimmer uh, scratched from the Indians lineup today because of a mild groin strain. But Zimmer's an interesting guy. Didn't go for too much in Tout Wars. And uh, you know, the guy got power. He has speed. Uh, actually, one fantasy baseball expert has called him Billy Hamilton with muscles. 
<laughs> uh, it's not a, not a bad description. Although he's not going to steal anywhere near as many bases. But that's what I'm drafting Bradley Zimmer for. So a groin injury does concern me because Zimmer's somebody I want later on in the draft. Because uh, you know, I don't know how you approach it, Scott, but generally – you're not going to see me draft D. Gordon in round three or even Billy Hamilton in round seven, round eight. I'm not drafting purely for speed. So I'm looking for that later. You know, I'm looking for that in a Bradley Zimmer type or in my middle infield types, guys who can uh, steal bases. Uh, Delano DeShield is somebody I have on so many of my rosters because I want those uh, stolen bases from one of my outfielders. So he's a player I do want, but now a groin injury. I just wonder if this lingers, if they don't let him run as much. So I am concerned. Yeah. I'm not really. It's only mild. Uh, you know, maybe they'll keep him out of the lineup for a few days. The uh, Indians also releasing Melvin Upton. Could this be the end of the line for one of the Upton brothers after he hit just 189 let, uh, so far this spring? Did not play in the majors last year. Uh, remember when Upton was a very was a very enticing fantasy pick. Even though he kept his batting average down, he had he had power, he had speed, but there was a stretch during Atlanta where his career took a real tumble where he just never seemed to recover. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he was an up-and-coming player at one point. He hit 28 home runs in 2012. We, we, we steal some bases, good outfielder, uh, but you're right. I mean, I, can't, I, I think he's... I think he may get one more shot with the team. Someone will pick up. There'll be an injury or something. They pick him up. Maybe he plays in AAA for a while here. But uh, as far as fantasy worthy, those days are long behind him. JT Muto telling the Marlins official site that despite a back injury, he's confident he'll be ready for an opening day. Doesn't seem to be anything major there. Uh, Rio Muto, top four fantasy catcher heading into this year. Yeah, I'm a little surprised he's still on Miami, that they haven't dealt him. Maybe that happens during the season. Maybe it doesn't. But, uh, I mean, you're right. Top, I, I'm not, I don't draft catches early. Everybody knows that I hate the position. I don't hate the players. Just hate the position. Too many injuries there. And the guy is already banged up. Uh, I, li- I like him. I think the average will be there. I don't know if he can drive in all that many runs. I don't know who's going to be on base in front of him. Unless Castro is having a big year as well. Uh, but a top, I give him top five. I think I am at have, have number five, not number four. Masson Sports out of uh, the Maryland area reporting that there's virtually no chance that Daniel Reddy will be ready for the opening of, of the season. Uh, you know, this is a little bit, little bit concerning, but I think we knew that that Murphy wasn't going to be available anyway, that he could miss a few weeks at the beginning of the year, but yet that drives his price down a little bit. If you're, you're going to be patient on him, when he gets back, you can, you know what kind of production you're going to get. Yeah, there's a little quick little uh, look here. He went for $12 in tout uh, to Zimmerman's team. So, uh, and I've been in a in couple the mixed. of... Yes, yeah. in uh, the mixed auction. So I uh, was wondering what his price. I think he's one of those. He's one of these places, players I, you keep looking at to see where where he goes in a snake and how much he's going for in an auction. Is his price being depressed? And it is. I think if you're drafting him, you are assuming he'll be back by May first. You know, I think anything earlier than that, I think is gravy. If he gets back by May first, completely healthy, plays for the rest of the season, I don't think you're complaining whatsoever. Uh, but this is a tricky injury here, and I always get concerned, Scott, about an injury that happened. You know, last season that's still lingering into the season, that maybe he's never completely over it this year. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Scott Engel and George Kurtz. Al Melchior will be back tomorrow. And uh, now that we've got you updated on some of the latest news as we record this, uh, we want to also uh, talk about some tout wars from this weekend. If they were held out actually out at the ballpark, the Staten Island ballpark, home of the Staten Island Yankees right over there on Hamilton Avenue, and it was a very interesting experience. We actually walked in, and they had our, our names over the lockers, George. Yeah, I saw that. I think someone posted it on uh, Facebook. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Joe Pisapia, but I'm not 100% sure here. So that was uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Uh, Joe did mention that uh, he, he was able to take some swings in the batting cages there, so that would be a cool experience as well. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to take some swings myself. And uh, took some criticism for my split hand technique in which I gripped the bat. And uh, the first two rounds, uh, it was, I had actually been in a batting cage in eight years. So it took a little bit of adjustment. By the third and fourth round, uh, I was starting to rack them again. I haven't taken swings. It's got to be a decade uh, or, or so. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't have a split grip, but uh, I do have the, the Paul O'Neill leg, uh, leg kick. I mean, you lift the leg up and try and time it that way. But uh, it would take me a while to be able. How, uh, how fast are the pitch is going? 
Well, we had like Jason Collette and Tristan Cockroft pitching. So, you know, Collette kept uh, throwing his curve outside. It took a little while to adjust to that kind of thing. You know, I said, well, you give me something to hit, please. You know, but then I realized that, uh, you know, it's been so long that I forgot my stance. So I, I did my old Tony Batista and then I, uh, I loosened up and I started hitting a little. It's fun to take some swings. I think I'd be afraid of throwing my uh, pulling my shoulder out. I already. I I used to back when I used to play. I used to if I hit it, had a check swing, especially with a heavier bat, my shoulder would pop in and out. Don't have the best shoulders on the planet. Yeah, I think the issue with that is like you have no batting gloves and you're hitting with a wood bat. It's like I ended up with a blister. Yep. Yeah, I, I think most of us prefer the uh, the aluminum bats, just like they do in uh, college. Uh, but I say the bottom line is you, you had a good time, right? I mean, that must have oh, been yeah. an awesome experience. You're in the cages, your name's on the locket. That's pretty damn cool. Oh yeah, it is. You know, and uh, it, so the, the the uncool part is we had no wi- no internet. You're kidding! Yeah, no internet, did, no Wi-Fi. We didn't we didn't, we didn't have any Wi-Fi. You know, a lot of guys working off their phones. I actually had to go old school and pull out a magazine because in order to like to refer to like certain stats, I had to look into the magazine. You know, it's like or to to you know just look at like who I wanted to throw out or check off or. Whatever I had to pull the magazine out and look like some old school player or like somebody was unprepared because you always laugh at the guy with the magazine at the draft. But yep. I had to be that because I had no internet. That's uh, that, that's a, that's a problem. But listen, it's also a teaching experience. You go into a draft, you better bring a paper cheat sheet, just you know, just the basics. Make little notes on there for yourself. I I do that anyway. That's because generally during a draft, I'm crossing out names on a paper cheat sheet, not on my laptop. I bring my laptop more for to keep uh, control of the rosters. Scott Engel has this player for ten dollars. You know, Tim McLeod took this player. That's that's how I do that for the laptop. But everything else is on my cheat sheet. I just find that easier to read, probably because once again we're older, old school. It's the way I'm used to doing it, and I don't feel like changing. Yeah, it was just after we sat there for an hour, and it, it goes fast cause, because we were supposed to start at 9, but like around 10 o'clock or so, you know, we're, we're chatting with each other, you know, we're enjoying the atmosphere, et cetera. But then it's, at some point, uh, Jeff Erickson, who's the auctioneer, says, guys, I know this is heresy, but can we just do it without internet? And uh, we got started. We never had any internet during the draft. This is great. I got my home league drift. It's at my house next week. I'm turning the internet off. I'm going to screw everybody up. There you go. All right. Don't say so, I. Sorry. To this. Doesn't Don't work. Don't say I gave the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I blame everything on you. That's automatic. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, when, I'm an American, things, Scott. It's never my fault. Including the good things, I hope. But, uh, yeah, so how much did you follow along at TowWars.com? I follow along. It's, I find it interesting. I got. I'll be honest with you. I think for me, I, I like snake drafts better because auctions. A lot of it depends on when a player's thrown out there, who has what money left, about how much they go. So I don't. Auctions generally don't help me all that much. Uh, but snake drafts, when uh, those go on, they do help me because then I get an idea of when what players are going, what players are falling, uh, how uh, people are thinking. Uh, but I, I, I find Towers interesting. Always have. You know, when uh, I've, st- I've stayed at it a couple times to watch the draft, uh, or I should say, listen to the uh, the bidding that goes on. It's fun to see if you can figure out strategies of what people are doing. I always wonder, like, did someone come in with an idea of, I'm only spending $10 on two catchers, or I'm only spending $2, $10 on, uh, you know, my closures. Am I, I'm going to go, you know, 200 on offense, 60 on pitching. I always like to see the strategies that people use. Yeah, for the second consecutive year, what I did was, and, you know, also reading in a fantasy baseball guy what defending champion Jeff Zimmerman does, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay to... You know, let 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 people know that uh, sometimes I listen to what other people do in any fantasy sport. You never stop learning. You know, it's, you can't be enough egomaniac that you can't learn something from somebody else who's won. And you know, Jeff says that you know he likes to lay back and you really sit out the big bidding and see what values fall into his lap. He kind of went against that when he bid for Mike Trout, but I think he did it otherwise and. I kind of did it last year, and but I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see if I can get fat in the middle here. And I said, I'm going to sit out anything above $40 this year and see how it works out. And I, li- I like the, the kind of balanced roster that I ended up with. Uh, I, I frustrated myself, though, because like I said, I, I okay, I want to sit out the $40. I want to have some money later on when – Maybe I could really pick up some bargains. And then I still was the guy, even though I got didn't spend any $40 bids. 
I still would, was the one who had the most money off the board quickest overall. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm probably more like somewhere between you. I generally, uh, you're not going to see me have to try out to the car shores because I don't like, and those players just go out early, go out early, and I don't like seeing fifty, sixty dollars go off my budget so quick. I just, it just, it annoys me. So generally, I do. I don't have enough patience to wait forever. You know, where you, you keep letting all, you imagine all the forty dollars guys let them all go and then pick up the bargains. I'm generally going to be some, somewhere in the middle there. Uh, yeah, I know I'm not spending on catchers. I know I want one good relief, one reliever that I believe is going to have the job all year. And we're, Lord, there aren't, aren't that many of those. That's generally my strategy going in. Other than that, I'm looking for you know, I on my cheat sheet, I have dollar signs next to every player, and I'm looking for the ones that aren't going for that dollar sign. You know, that's the players I'm going to go for. I highlight certain players that I think are going to have big years that I believe in, that I want to make sure or at least try my best to get them on my roster. And that's generally how I approach an auction. Yeah, my most expensive player was Noah Syndergaard. I got into bidding war for him at $35. And, you know, whispers in the room was like, well, no discount there. Because I think the other person bidding against me, I believe it was Al Melchior, saw that I wanted to make sure he spent every dollar. But especially after the spring that Syndergaard had, you know, I'm uh, definitely comfortable with him at 35 bucks. He stays healthy. He's going to be a monster. Yeah. Uh, he's somebody uh, I wish he w- wasn't pitching so well this spring because he's a guy I, b- I believed in, you know, from day uh, before spring training started. But he's pitching so well, throwing so hard. Well, you know, he's breaking bats and all this other stuff. So you're not going to get him at any kind of discount. All right. Madison Bumgarner went for $6 less. And uh, Max Scherzer went for $5 more, more. We'll talk more about my team. You can see it on TalWars.com. Go over some more of the draft right here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Scott Engel and Jones Kurtz. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. (laughs) Welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Scott Engel and George Kurtz double duoing it today in place of Al Melchior, who will return tomorrow. And uh, we're talking about my Tow Wars draft. You can t- uh, check it out on TowWars.com. And uh, I've been in Tow Wars for six years. Corey Barson has been faking it for two. But uh, what's going on there, Corey? What's the deal, King? Good to uh, hop on here and, and, and holler at you a little bit today uh, after, the, after the big weekend. What I will say is I saw photos of you in the batting cage, Scott. And remember all those years you talked trash about how you could do in the batting cage? I got some pretty poor reviews. So uh, anytime you want to step inside of a batting cage, Mr. Engel, I will have it with you with any problem. And we're going to have to put a couple dollars on it because you looked horrific in the batting cage. <laughs> well, the first two rounds I did because it's been seven years, but there for the third or the fourth round, I started getting the form back, and you don't even know who makes a baseball bat. So I'm still uh, Louisville Slugger makes baseball bats, Scott. And you who started, else? You started getting your form back yeah, when? Google for the third and fourth round. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's been seven years, yeah, not Scott, 35 I, like Scott, you. Scott, I heard you hit a couple of nubblers. Like, you know what I'm saying? A couple, it died right in front of you. No, not true. I hit one back at Tristan Cockroft. He said, he said, hey, it went right back in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have a good show. All right. Without you, we will, yes. A- anyway, but I love you, Corey. Uh, anyhow. Uh, let's get on to my Tow Wars draft here. And uh, we talked about Noah Syndergaard for 35. But then I liked how my, my – uh, 
I, I liked how my pitching staff fleshed out Robbie Ray for $20. Uh, I actually expected him to go a little bit more. And you, you, you talk about context about when it goes in the draft. This was like maybe towards the middle of the draft. I expected Ray to go for a little more than that. I probably wasn't going to go any more than 22 for Ray. Uh, and then I got David Price for 16. I feel like Price is going to be in for a real rebound year. You know, talking to people I know out of Boston, uh, Price never really got mentally adjusted the first year, and then he got injured the second year. So this could be really his breakout year in Boston. Though to start with Syndergaard, Ray, and Price, you know, I think I was pretty happy. I think Price is extremely interesting in Boston. Uh, I, I think he actually he's the guy you got a discount on because if he's the price of old, he can be dominating with uh, pitching behind sale there. I think he's the key also in the Boston success uh, as a whole in the uh, American League East. I think if he's healthy and the price he was in Tampa Bay, all of a sudden they're a very good team here. I think $16 is a little bit of a bargain there. Ray is about what I have. Once again, I think I have a 22 as well. So uh, you, I guess you got a bargain there as well. But Price is the guy who uh, I'm... You know, when it comes to drafting, I'm I'm a little worried, but in the end, I'm I'm on the board of uh, taking a chance on him because if he rebounds, I think you're getting him as a, an incredible discount, probably nine, ten bucks. Yeah, I, I, I have a strong opinion that he's going to rebound. Then I got Mike Clevenger at $7, and uh, Clevenger was a real revelation. In fact, he struck out seven and four and third innings yesterday. Uh, you know, th- this guy feels kind of underrated and you know was more towards the back end of the draft. So I was able to get Clevenger at just $7. I think I'm happy with that as well. Clevenger is another guy that I like a lot. I, my only worry about him is what happens – if and when Salazar figures it out and he becomes a starter again. Uh, is it Clevenger who loses his job? Is it Tomlin? You know, or Salazar staying in the bullpen? So that's my only worry there. But I like Clevenger. He's sort of a sneaky little pick that people are figuring out now. This is sort of the, one of the advantages of drafting earlier in March. You know, if you have, if you have an idea about somebody, you sort of get a bargain on him. Because I think he's going to go higher in the next 10 days. People who are drafting now, I think he's going to go into low double digits. As people start to realize, he, he could be a mainstay in that rotation. I think he will be. Uh, you know, they have to watch him down the stretch last year and so far this spring. I don't see how they can pull him out of the rotation. I don't see that unless he's not pitching well. That would be the one way I can say And Tomlin is. I think it's really between, you know, Tomlin, Clevenger, and Salazar. And it could be between Salazar and Tomlin, where Clevenger's not even in this conversation. He's a guy yeah. I'm, I'm more than willing to take a shot on. I love the team. You know, we always say you can't chase wins. Well, you know, you have to. Because we need W. It's a category. Unless you're going to quality starts here. And Cleveland's going to win a whole bunch of games in that division. So he's a guy I'm, I'm certainly interested in. If it's $7, I'd, I'd be absolutely jumping up and down to have him on my roster. Now, here's an interesting one. I threw out Matt Harvey at a dollar. And everybody reacted to last year. And Joe Pizzapia got one of the laughs of the day when he said zero as, his, as the next bid. But... Yeah, I talk about this on my insider report on rotoexperts.com, the exclusive edge fantasy baseball package. And if you've watched Harvey this spring, he actually, you know, he hasn't been dominant, but he shows signs of being a very respectable pitcher. You know, there's a possibility for a bounce back here, especially when you can get him for only a dollar. You know, talking to people at a Mets camp, they said the biggest issue for Harvey is between the ears and him not being able to adjust to being a dominant guy anymore and mentally settling for the fact that you that he doesn't top out at 100 anymore, that maybe he's going to top out at 96. And adjusting to that and just focusing on that, but becoming mentally coming to grips with who the guy who he is now, long, no longer being the dark knight, I think for a dollar, he, you have to take the shot at a rebound here. There are no bad dollar pickups. None. What, what happens here? What's the worst thing that could happen to you? Oh, he doesn't pitch well. Okay, you move on. It's a buck. Who cares? You know, I think, uh, I mean, he, he's never going to be with Dark Knight again. You know, I used to say all the time, Matt Harvey was must-watch TV because he was a no-hitter waiting to happen. That's gone. He's not that pitcher anymore. The injuries have taken that from him. But you mentioned he's still throwing 95-96. I think you put it perfectly. He's someone who now needs to learn how to pitch. He's not a thrower anymore. He needs to learn how to pitch. How long does that take? Does it take another year, two years, a half season, three starts? CC Sabathia had to do the same thing. It took him about two and a half, three seasons before he figured it out. How to become a pitcher, move the ball up, down, in, out, chain speeds. Harvey's fastball now does seem to be straight, doesn't have as much movement anymore. But for a dollar, I'll take that chance. I mean, I can't see him where he doesn't pay off for you somehow. He may not you know, earn you uh, $10, $15, but I think he could be at least with a $5, $6 pitcher. I have, like I said, there are no bad dollar pickups. 
I took Chad Kuehl, uh with what, one of my reserve picks here. Uh, he's he's had a he's had a rough spring so far, but this guy you know showed some signs last year, and uh, there was some buzz about him in camp actually, like even before the game started. But you know, for for a reserve round pick, I took a flyer because I felt like there just wasn't much left on the board. No, not in a 15-team league. I mean, pitching's going to be very thin very quick. Uh, he was okay last year. I had him in a, a deep league as well. Uh, you know, pitched a four-point, what, 3-5 ERA. Not much there. He's a player, I'm, once again, I'm interested in because we need fillers. But uh, he's also a guy. You got him in the reserve round, so really, who cares? But he's a guy He's probably one of the first guys that's off my roster for that hot guy that no one uh, saw coming. You know, I'll go out and grab him with the waiver wire. Sort of a nothing-to-lose type here. I said reserve rounds, dollar pickups, these don't bother me because, you know, I think it's more, more goes to Matt Harvey. You're supposed to take some shots. You know, I do believe in that. I'm not taking 10 shots, but two or three shots, I'm taking them. That maybe that player pays off. In my mind, those are the players that will win you fantasy leagues, not the guys you, you, know, you spend $50 on. We all know those are great players. Yeah, I took a chance on Alex Reyes at five bucks for maybe when he comes back. Maybe I spent too much, too many dollars on him. Uh, I think I regret that a little bit, but I'm kind of enticed by his potential. Uh, Closer-wise, I started spent Corey Nebel sixteen dollars. Uh, I think that was fair for where some of the others went. And uh, then I feel like I got some discounts. And Jerry's familiar talking to people at a Mets camp. Uh, even though people are worried about him being a closer by committee, uh, Mickey Calloway's. Fi- probably going to turn to him to lock the door in most situations when all is said and done. He's rediscovering his splitter and his sinker, and for five bucks, I was very happy with it. I don't know why people are so down on Familia. I, I don't know why. I've got Familia. Because they not, hear about this pot closer by committee possibility, which I yeah, don't think will come to pass. I might be more worried about that if A.J. Ramos was a left-hander. He's a right-hander. All right, so I, I just, and you heard the pitching coach came up about three weeks ago and saying, listen, Ramos is ahead. He's on the top of the pecking order here. I can see uh, where maybe he doesn't get every save opportunity. Maybe Ramos does steal a few. But for $5, I've got Familia in every draft so far. Literally, I'm not, it's not a joke. I'm not making this up. Every draft, I have Familia because he's falling to, wait, he's a top 20 closer. My money's top 10, top 12 at worst. I'll take him as my second closer in every league. I, I love what you did here. And you got Nate, uh, Nate Jones, too, for a buck, a guy who, at the, at the very least, I think he's going to get that job eventually. Maybe not start the season, but I think he gets it eventually. Yeah, uh, for familiar for five bucks, very happy with it. Uh, Nate Jones, I got for a dollar. You know, the word that I get out of Chicago is that he is definitely the guy to be the closer. And as long as he's healthy, he's uh, looking in better form than he did last time they gave him the shot to close. He looks good. Yeah, he looks good. And okay, now that he's pitching against, throwing the ball hard, throwing strikes, uh, I think their biggest concern with him, can he pitch on back-to-back games? Maybe that's their uh, big concern. They probably want to see him do that in spring training. But uh, I write the closer report for RotoExperts.com, and I'll be doing an update of that within next Tuesday. And I'll have Nate Jones as the, uh, as the, the guy you want here. I think if you're looking for the long-term guy, I don't know if he's going to have the job all season. Doesn't shock if he's traded eventually. He's 32 years old. I think Chicago will be looking, the White Sox will be looking to move on and get some prospects for him. So it doesn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. If they upgrade, and maybe the team he goes to, he's a left-handed specialist, not the closer here. But for the first half of the season, I think he's the guy you want. Now, also, uh, I threw Archie Bradley out because I always throw out players that I don't want, and I watch the bidding get kind of healthy for him. And then in the reserve rounds, I took a guy that nobody's talking about, although uh, Tony had him on a show recently, well, an Arizona beat reporter, and he said Brad Boxberger is going to be the guy at closer, and I actually got him as my first reserve pick. Yeah, I think Bradley, uh, it was sort of his job to lose, and he may have lost it. Uh, so uh, I like what you said that you throw out a guy you don't want there. Do you do that with all your picks, all your throwouts now? Because I've had to change that up because everybody does that now. Where now I do throw out some guys that I do want that I am going to bid on because I, I used to always throw, oh, throw out guys I don't want, let the money build up there. But now so many of us do that. Yeah, I think early on I do that. But then late you're throwing out dollar, $2 guys because you want to get them in. Uh, you know, when you have just a dollar left, you have no choice but to th- to throw him out. And the other, the other pitcher I got was Kyle Bearclaw, who could quickly become the uh, closer for the Miami Marlins. I think he will become the closer of the Marlins because uh, I said I don't know how much the Eagles going to damage the Eagles going to do there, and he's another guy could be traded if he does perform well. He'll be traded, you know, because once again, uh, Miami's not competing for anything. A veteran team will want him at some kind of a bullpen role. It certainly won't be a closer on a competing team. 
So there's my pitching staff. Syndergaard, Price, Ray, Alex Reyes, Corey Kniebel, Mike Clevenger, Jerry's Familia, Matt Harvey, Nate Jones, and uh, also Kyle Bearclaw and Chad Kuehl. What do you think there, uh, uh, George? I think maybe I'm just missing like a bona fide. I also got Nick Pavetta. Maybe I'm just missing a bona fide six-starter. Yeah, I mean, but what I would approach it, uh, and most things I do, is where you want a six-starter, I have no problem starting Barraclone or box, protect my ratios and maybe pick up a save here and there. You know, so right. you know, it's, it's tough to, especially when it's a 15-team league, right? Yeah. So it's going to be very tough to get six starters, 90 starters. I mean, good luck there. So uh, I, I have no problem protecting my ratios. Especially if you get a guy, a, a top setup man who's going to get some strikeouts too, so you don't get crushed there. That's generally the way I, pr- I approach it. I don't want my ratios to get beat up by a six starter who's terrible. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with George Kurtz and Scott Engel. Uh, Al Mark Melchior is off. He'll be back tomorrow. So that's the kind of the way I fleshed it out. And you know, in terms of the hitting, and you can see all the results on toutwars.com. Uh, I had no player higher priced than $34, and it was a bidding war between myself and my friend Ron Chandler. Uh, I went $34 on D. Gordon because I just pretty much wanted to lock up the lead in the, uh, in the steals category. And it gives me some flexibility because at some point he can play the outfield too. Yeah, he'll, well, he'll definitely have outfield eligibility. I don't know what the rules are in tout. I assume it's no more than 20 games. So you're going to get that pretty quickly. You backed up your steals with Segura, too. He's going to steal a whole bunch of bases. So, uh, yeah, you're looking pretty good in that category. I mean, that's what Gordon's going to do. Uh, if you're drafting Gordon, you, you're pretty much saying, I want to finish top three in saves. Uh, top three in stolen bases at the very least. So uh, I have no problem. People do. I, I can't pull that trigger. I, have not, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever been able to draft the D. Gordon or Billy Hamilton type. I just can't convince myself to do it. Even though I'd like to in a league where uh, just to see how my team uh, looks out. This is why you do mock drafts, by the way. So you can, if you, don't, you know, if you don't like doing it like I don't like doing it, this way you take a D. Gordon in round three and see what your team looks like. Yeah, you mentioned I got Gene Segura for twenty dollars, and you can get you can get Segura something of a discount as people react to last year. But he's a real bounce back candidate. Yeah, Mike Cardano and I had a big uh, discussion on Segura as I was getting on him for where he took him last year. Uh, he's a he's a nice little player, and uh, he had an okay year last year. Maybe not as good as we expected him to have. You know, I think some people were expecting too much of him, especially maybe in the power department. I think with, uh, I always worry about stolen base guys uh, that. You know, not, not, not the D. Gordon types, guys who you know are going to steal bases, but other guys who can steal bases. But when they go to a new team, you have to know, does that team believe in the stolen base? In this day and age, a lot of teams, if you're not successful on at least 80% of your stolen base attempts, they're not letting you run. You know, it's the old money ball where outs are too precious. And if, you can, if you're not, once again, 8 out of 10 times, it's not worth the chance here. So I always worry about that. They're going to give them the red light more often than not. Yeah, Segura was a, was a disappointment last year, especially uh, you know you, when you look at the uh, in terms of the power, uh, you know, eleven you know, eleven home runs down from twenty, twenty two bases stolen bases down from twenty three, and you know the average was just two was just uh, you know that really wasn't an issue. But you figure he's got to bounce back in the counting counting categories. I like Segura. Uh, I, I got him in a keeper league. I have no problem drafting him as my shortstop. Shortstop's somewhat deep. So, uh, actually, you got him as a middle infielder, right? Yeah. you got Francisco Lindor here. So, uh, wow, you have a hell yeah, of, an in, of a middle infield the middle, there. Yeah. Gordon Segura and Lindor. I just, just uh, saw that there. That is uh, that's pretty sweet. I, I don't see anybody else being able to beat you as far as the middle infield is concerned. Yeah, I ended up spending yeah. my most dollar arts on a hitter. With Lindor at 31, and when you talk about just a safe pick for the pop and the speed, etc., this is uh, you know very very comfortable. With it when you talk about a guy who can hit 30 plus home runs and steal the kind of bases that he can. Yeah, he's a great player. He, uh, he's probably the maybe the one of the best players that no one's talking about being a best player. You know, he is that good. He's only going to get better. Uh, fantastic player for the Indians. Could sort of do a little bit of everything. And I think he's going to grow into his power, too. We'll hit for more and more power as time goes on. All right. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Scott Engel and George Kurtz. We also want to thank the nice lady producing for us today in the studio. And uh, we'll be back. We'll talk some more uh, Tout Wars drafting from the Mix Auction right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Back here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour, I'm Scott Engel with George Kurtz. Going over my uh, Tout Wars draft from this weekend. And uh, we mentioned I got Gordon, Segura, and Lindor in the infield. And uh, corner infield, I went at Edwin Encarnacion at just 29. And, uh, and, you know, pretty happy with that. Wanted to get uh, some power there as I felt like I already had the speed. Then I got Jay Bruce for $9. Uh, you're talking 35-plus home runs there. And Eric Thames, probably another 30-plus home runs with some good on-base percentage. Got Thames for only 5 I'm not as high. I, I'm fine with Bruce. Uh, he's another guy going for an incredible discount this season, uh, this year. And I, don't, I don't know why he does the same numbers every year. So I'm not worried about Bruce Thames. Well, uh, maybe because it's an OBP league, and he's going to give you about a 320 OBP. Uh, could be, uh, but still. Yeah. But I've seen it in, in regular average leagues as well. I mean, he, he's just not. People don't want him. And I, I don't. Is, is it Mets bias? I just don't get it. And living in New York, that's a little surprising. Uh, a lot of Mets fans, you would think they'd want him, but you're seeing a big, uh, big. Well, this was Bruce. a national draft, so you. Right, but I mean, even if just I'm in yeah. New York, I'm same problem here. Thames, I'm. Um, uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with five dollars. Once again, five dollars is. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm not on board though it because was towards the end of the draft. The problem for me is, boy, there are a lot of players in there. I mean, Yelich, Kane, Braun, Santana. Thames, you know, Broxton. Uh, who's going to be sitting all these games? Bro- that Braun first base experiment doesn't look like it's going to work, so that's good for Thames. You know, yeah. but if they try and move that again, that would be bad. I mean, I said this a number of times, Scott. I don't understand the moves the Bre- Brewers made. Uh, I thought, I assumed when they, uh, when they traded for Yelich and signed Kane that there was another trade coming. Either Santana was going to be moved, Broxton was going to move, Thames, whoever. Someone, there was another trade coming for pitching. Because they didn't need the outfield help. I mean, these guys are upgrades, but that's not where their weakness was. So that's my problem with Thames here. Uh, I think eventually, especially if he gets out to a slow start, he's going to – someone can't – not everyone, not all these guys can play. There's no DH here. I mean, in fact, two of these guys have to sit. So I'm worried. I want really nothing to do with Thames. Yeah, for five bucks, I'll take it. I can't see him being moved off of first. Uh, you know, they do have Kane, Santana, and, and Yelich in the outfield. Uh, you know, it it is it is a crowded situation. I I don't understand what they did either because they also have Brett Phillips, but it's kind of hard to keep his bat out of the lineup. And you're talking about for five bucks, I got a guy with 35 homers, and especially in this sort of uh, scoring system with an on base percentage of 359 last year. Yeah, I have no problem with the hitter. I'm worried about playing time because we didn't mention Ryan Braun. You met Santana, Kane, Yelich. Where's Braun? You know, this is like I said. This is all in Milwaukee. Uh, they put himself in this situation. I, I, I said I was just kept waiting. Okay, you got Yane, you got Kane, you got Yelich. Yep. Where's the trade? Where's the secondary trade here? Where's the trade for pitching? You keep waiting, and yeah. it never came. So uh, I mean, someone's going to be unhappy in that locker room. Yeah. Then I also got I got Michael Franco for six bucks. Uh, you know, that guy's an enigma, but it's a now and never kind of thing, so I decided to take a shot. Then uh, some of my JT Romuto and Catcher for $14, and then some of my dollar players I was really happy with, uh, James McCann at a dollar, Heimer Candelario, who's going to bat second according to published reports, got him for a dollar, Scott Shebler for a dollar, Jose Perella for a dollar, and a lot of upside of Michael Taylor for a dollar, and Brandon Drury, who I like a lot with the Yankees, for a dollar, so I think... I think I did pretty well in my dollar hitters. Yeah, it's funny. When I, uh, it's one of the first things I looked at when I saw your team. I look at the dollar players and see what bargains you got. Surprise, Michael Taylor went for a dollar. I mean, are we assuming Victor Robles is going to get that job here? Or eventually, is that the problem? But uh, I like Michael Taylor. He showed uh, at the end of last season he can play. I think he's going to pay off there. Brandon Drury is going to play. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, they already sent down... Uh, you know, Andrew Hall, are we, are we thinking Andrew Hall is coming up sometime soon? That's generally not the Yankees' M.O., now when they have a player who can play, unless Drury gets hurt, the Yankees and do not call up players, you know, that, and just over veterans. The veterans are going to play Drury without the uh, prove he can play. Same thing with Neil Walker for that matter, you know. So uh, I I love Drury for a dollar, but Michael Taylor and Drury, I think he did well, very well here. 
Yeah, and I, I like Perella as well. I think there's some certain upside there with him for a buck as well. Agreed. And Shepler, I think, uh, is, uh, is a worthy shot for a dollar. And Candelario, I agree Agreed. with you about. I think uh, that's another bargain you got there that I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, especially in a 15-team league, but I guess the money just wasn't there for people. Yeah, and then uh, some of my bench hitters. I got Colin Moran and uh, Leonis Martin, who Tony Sincata likes as a potential bargain. Yeah, Leonis Martin is somebody I'm trying to get on most of my teams as well, uh, especially in a 15-team league. I'm just going to a simple math here. You're starting five outfielders. You know, we're all going to have an outfielder or two as a backup. Then you might have an outfielder in a utility spot. There aren't enough outfielders to go around, so any starting outfielder is worthy. And Martin has some upside here. I think he's going to play every day. Or at least, once again, he's a player who's going to get the first shot, so it has to prove himself wrong. Having a big spring keeps hitting home runs against the Yankees in spring training. So, uh, yes, he's a player I'm on board with as well. Yeah, the one thing is, it is an on-base percentage league, and he has a 300 career on-base percentage. Well, once again, 15 team league, you're not going to get all these guys that are great uh, OBPs. Yeah. You're not going to be able to find. You're going to yeah. have to offset that somehow and be careful. But uh, you're not going to be able to hit every category. You're just not. Not in a 15 team league. And we talked about the defending champ uh, Jeff Zimmer, Jeff Zimmerman, and his squad. And his most expensive player was 56 dollars. But beyond that, he did not spend more than $25 on any other player. And he ended up with some interesting bargains here. He got Justin Smoke for $12. I think a lot of people don't believe it after just uh, one year. He got Cesar Hernandez for 9 And, you know, in terms of steals and OBP, there's a good player for you. As Drupal Cabrera for for, for dollar, he gets you a good OBP and maybe about 15 home runs. Uh, Chris Archer for $22. He, he got J.A. Happ for $3, which I like a lot. Yeah, that was what he, that's what he had to do. He spent 56 on Trout. You're looking, I would not, if I'm doing that strategy, there's no way I'm spending 23 on a, a catcher in Buster Posey. But uh, at least he got the, one of the best catchers there. Rendon at 25. Jake Lamb, it's amazing how everyone's afraid of the humidor. And all these Arizona Diamondbacks you can get at a discount, which I think is a, is a mistake. I think, sure, the humidor will cut things well, they down. They talk about the platoon splits with Lamb, Lamb, too, right? Yeah, but he's still hitting. I mean, $14? Well, not, I think he should go closer to maybe 50% higher, 21 22 For $14, I'll take Lamb on every one of my teams. Yeah, and then you look at, uh, at Fred Zinke's roster. And uh, he got Nelson Cruz for just 23. And Nelson Cruz is somebody interesting because people are always like, it's kind of like with Marshawn Lynch in football where people are waiting every year for him to fall off. And it didn't happen until 2015. With Nelson Cruz, the fact that he plays DH, he can preserve himself for a long time in his career. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I have no problem with Cruz. Another guy I'll take because uh, on all of my teams. But people, I think there are two reasons people aren't taking him. One, People, a lot of teams don't like to clog up their DH slot with a DH, a guy who's going, you know, can only play DH or can't move around, no flexibility. I get it. And the other theory is there, you know, you'd rather be wrong a year too late than a year too early, where this is the year he bombs. I think Cruz is going to be fine. You know, I think you put it perfectly. There's no wear and tear on the body. He's going, not going to play the field. Just get up there and hit. Uh, he's not someone who seems to complain about being a DH and not playing the field. I think 30-plus home runs is coming again. Zach Steinhorn gets Avisail Garcia for only five bucks. I think there's not a lot of believers that he can repeat what he did last year. Oh, I don't think he can repeat either. Not quite that good, but I think he'll be he'll pay off the five dollars. It's still a band box he's playing there in Chicago, so I think he'll hit just fine. But to have the season he had last season, I would agree with that. I'm not paying I'm not paying for now for last season. But I think he'll more than pay off five bucks. I'd be willing to go up probably not double digits, but I'd have gone up to eight nine. Yeah, I would have too because I think when a guy hits a breakthrough like that, you know, you have to let the uh, lingering disappointment behind. Not in every case, but I think certainly in the case of uh, Avasail Garcia. Uh, Ron Chandler spent $6 on Tim Anderson. This is a guy who was hot on last year, but, you know, the strikeouts are just they're, they're, they're too prevalent. And you know, the guy could be a killer in an on-base percentage year, even if he's – improves. I'm kind of skeptical on Anderson in, in an OBP league. What is where the OBP comes in? You, you can't take so many of these players that are going to keep killing your OBP over and over again. I mean, his OBP last year was 276. 
You know, it was only 306 the year before, so you, you got to be. That's a killer. That's some. That's the equivalent of someone batting 210, 220. That's a lot to make up for in your OBP. That's what concerns me the most. I think he's a fine of the category, 17 home runs. I think he's going to hit power. He's going to steal some bases. So in a traditional league, I am more interested because he's the player I look for because I need the stolen bases. So I, I love to have him as a middle infielder later on because I'll take the 15, 18 stolen bases. But in this league, OBP, he's probably someone I have no choice but to avoid. Al Melkier spent a lot of money on pitching. Uh, Kenley Jansen, 25. Corey Kluber, 39. Rich Hill, 14. Justin Verlander, 26. I really like Lance McCullers at 9. Alex Claudio at 2. Dan Straley, you know, he gets it done with, with the mirrors for only a dollar. But I do like his pitching staff. You can yeah, he's stay healthy, though. That, that's a key. And, you know, is Verlander, what kind of regression is he going to be in for? He's got a top. He's got a top-notch staff. Love McCullers for nine. The question is, can he stay? You know, how many? What's your over/under on starts? Twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four. We know he's not making thirty. That's not happening. So uh, he's great when he's in there, but he does tend to break down over a long season. Claudio will not have that job all season. Uh, I, I can guarantee you that. Once again, I read the closer report, and by the All-Star break, fifteen, at least fifteen of the current thirty closers won't have the job, and he'll be one of those. Uh, there's very little doubt about that. Uh, Rich Hill, same thing. You know, it's tough for me to have Rich, someone like Rich Hill and McCullers because, you know, you may only get 40 starts between them. And that's a lot to make up for. Yeah, take a look at Brett Sayers' uh, roster. The one thing that jumps out to me is Jason Kipnis for $7. He's had a great spring, and the word that I, I heard out of spring training is that this guy is really ticked off uh, that the team tried to trade him during the year, and he's healthy and in for a big year. I've heard the same thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, somebody I know in a keeper league, I had to throw him back. I think he was a, I think it was $14, and I decided to put him back. And he's going, still going for a little discount there, but I couldn't reacquire him. But he's like somebody I think he is going, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. He's a little angry, and I think he's going to keep that job. I'm interested in Addison Russell, too. I think I, I have no stats to back this up, other than the fact it's a gut feeling that I think he rebounds this season. Uh, Ray Flowers, I really like his pick of Ender and Ciarte at $11. Real nice, friendly price on a guy who can get you get on base, steal bases, and even has a little pop to the point where he can hit home runs. Uh, Ciarte is somebody I'm always trying to get in any draft I'm in. Yeah, same here. Once again, he's a player I target because I'll keep saying this. I don't draft for speed, so I need to look for speed later. NCRT is one of these players here who I think a uh, little underrated here for whatever reason. Maybe because he doesn't have enough pop or whatever it is. When I look at this team, though, he got Stroman for $7. You know, if he is going to pitch in that first series in the Yankees and that technically not miss a start, that's a nice bargain there. Yeah, uh, Brent Hershey gets uh, gets uh, Elvis Andrews for $17. Was last year an outlier? How much is the how much is the power going to dip? You know, the thing is, I'm, if I'm drafting Elvis Andrews, I'm not drafting him for the power. You know, I, I might, I'll find my power elsewhere. I don't need him for the power. I need him for the stolen bases. That's what I want with Elvis Andrews, and uh, I think that's going to stay. So if the power is all all gravy, all a bonus for me. One thing I do worry about when it comes to the stolen bases, though, his you know he stole 25 bases. Looks great. He got thrown out 10 times. You know, that's almost a 33% throwout rate. That's not good. The year before, that was 25%. Same thing with the He'll year before that, pretty for much. That, though. But I wonder if eventually they tell him, hey, stop it. Yeah, that's my that problem. Happen. Michael Conforto to $7 for Joe Pizapia. And uh, you can read this in my uh, insider report on rotoexperts.com right now in the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball Package that the, this, this uh, shoulder surgery is going to really be a good thing for Conforto because he's been having the uh, issues dating back to college and now it's no longer a mental hurdle where he has to worry about it popping out of place. And he, mentally, he should be free and clear, and he's in for a big year. And uh, Pizapia only got him for 7 bucks. I think Conforto is somebody I'd rather have next year than this year. I am a believer. I think uh, we sort of forget that, you know, in New York, all the talk in the first half of last year was Conforto and Judge. How good, and some people thought Conforto was having the better year at, at one point over Judge. Uh, the injury happened, which is a terrible injury. Uh, he's a, since I already have him in one league, once again, it's a keeper league, I kept him. I'm probably not taking him in any other league. I'm not so sure when he's going to come back. Does he struggle at first? Does it take him half the year before he? Uh, I know you say he's over the mental hurdle. We still got to get it over it in the plate. So he's more. Is he more of a second half player for me this year? So uh, I love the talent, but he's a player I'll be much higher on next season. Yeah, interesting what Scott Swain did. Uh, 
where he spent 43 on Harper, 40 on Stanton, and 42 on Kershaw. And the rest of his roster worked out pretty good. Josh Bell for $6, Marcellus Suna for 20 uh, Sean Doolittle for 11 Andrew Miller for 8 uh, But his because he spent all of that, his starting pitching is kind of weak. It's uh, Clayton Kershaw, Garrett Richards, Drew Pomeranz, Ryu, uh, Shoemaker, and then he also got the Tances as a middle reliever and, and Andrew Miller. He sort of went stars and scrubs, or at least a variation of it. He's got Glass now in Rodon when he comes back as, in his, uh, in his uh, uh, reserves. So that could help as well here. But you're right. Uh, he's going to have some issues. He's gonna, Kershaw can't get hurt. He just can't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, look, at, look at Tim Heaney's roster. Uh, it's... J.D. Martinez went for 33, and some fantasy experts wondering, you know, why does he go for more than that? I mean, what, what are we worried about with J.D.? Uh, the, whatever injury that uh, held up the signing, yeah, he's fine. He played Once again, uh, he hits the ball to the right center more than he uh, pull hitter, but he'll hit plenty of home runs in Boston. Great lineup around him here. It's not like he is changing leagues, but he played Detroit for a part of last year. He'll be just fine here. Martinez is going to rack it up in Fenway. Tim McLeod, who threw out just about every uh, – Dollar player early that uh, or under five dollar player early, uh, he ended up with Austin Hedges for a dollar. Uh, if if Hedges can get learn to get on base at all, you know this is a guy that can hit twenty five home runs. Absolutely. Uh, listen, catchers. I'm in most leagues. Uh, I'm going to spend maybe two three dollars on catchers, what I believe as well. So I'll take Hedges for a buck and hope the upside is there. No issues with that. All right, you can also check out Derek Van Riper and Scott Pianowski's uh, team over at TowWars.com. George, it was fun today. Uh, we don't get to do this enough. And uh, thanks for listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'd like to like our producer. Thank you, Mr. Parson. We uh, appreciate you coming by. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. On uh, We'll see you next And you, you are my son. So that fits, because uh, I taught you everything that you know. And I'll see you tomorrow morning on on the uh, Fantasy Sports News Desk, brought to you by the New York Daily News, along with Tony Sincata. So uh, keep getting ready for spring training. Get ready for the baseball season. Subscribe to the exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball Package on rotoexperts.com. Enter FNTSY at checkout for a discount.